0: I'm Caleb Rowe, and this is the Air of Grievances podcast. I'm sorry for missing the last week, guys. That's on me. I've been sick, honestly, the past couple of weeks. I've been slacking here recently. Um, I got a job as a preschool teacher here in the greater Minneapolis area of Minnesota. And as you may be able to tell from my voice, I've been a little bit ill, a little bit under the weather here recently. I, I did record an episode that I planned on releasing last week, but then um upon going back and listening to it and editing it and everything, I realized that it was really just a string of bad jokes and... um Self-deprecating humor, me just telling embarrassing stories about myself. I guess when I get sick, uh, my depression also flares up a little bit. And so I decided to just kind of make... This will probably be, honestly, more of a mini-sode. So I just decided to kind of make this this little mini-sode to hold you over because I know how many of you guys just rely on me for your spiritual guidance and emotional certitude and well-being. And so, you know... I had to rise to the call and go ahead and and record this episode for you. For you. Not for me. Not for my ego. Nothing like that. Anyhow, this will probably be um, just kind of an uncut little episode. I know I have a couple things that I want to plug, a couple of things that are kind of on the horizon. um, Such as, I'm planning on doing an episode with my brother Alex... Uh, about the Islam Club at his school. And also, uh, I've got my interview with Jay coming up um, next month in in January 2018. Um, Of course, Christmas is coming up, so I'll be at home in Kansas City visiting my family. Well, at at my parents' home, I guess. Gotta get used to saying that. It's been long enough that I've been here in Minnesota. And... Uh, yeah, this past weekend, we had Revolution Church's uh Christmas party. We did uh, a little bowling Christmas party. That was a lot of fun. That was That was a whole lot of fun. I had a really good time just hanging out with kind of the core group of members there, <laughs> which is, well, which is honestly like four or five people. But, man, I love those guys so much. And, honestly, we couldn't really sit down and write like doctrine we couldn't sit down and write um a series of statements that we all agree on that are like concrete and pinned down but in the more general kind of broad where our hearts are we could absolutely come to come to terms with with the wording of of what we're all about and where we're at and yeah i like that there's there's a security in that lack of security for me, which I know is paradoxical and probably sounds just absurd. But it's the truth. And, yeah, so I'll probably try to do uh, some segments with my dad while I'm at home. Well, while I'm in Kansas. (laughs) And I'll be seeing my brother Nate for the first time in quite a while. And I'll I'll try to to get something recorded. I can't promise that, but I'm going to go ahead and say this. I, I hope that I can make good on it um sooner than later but i'm gonna go ahead and um commit to making up the episode that i missed and um i yeah i can't really give you a a set deadline a set date on that but i plan on making up that episode that i missed and i know that this one's coming out late as well which i probably shouldn't even be saying on the podcast because if you're listening to this in the future then you have no idea about that But anyhow, kind of outing myself. Uh, I am going to go ahead and test drive a new segment on this little mini-sode here. Um, This is a new segment that I have... Excuse me. You know what? I'm not going to edit that out. I'm going to keep it real uh, in my illness here. But um, this is a new segment called Pop Goes the Doctrine.
1: Around and round theology The sky is redeemed To join in the fun. Back goes the doctrine.
0: So yeah, I'm essentially going to play a uh, a clip straight up stolen from Mike McCarg's podcast, Ask Science Mike, um, where he was he did a, a series of live episodes while he was uh, kind of touring the UK. And so this is an episode, or this this is a segment pulled from uh, one of his episodes during that time, and then I'm going to play uh, a couple of voicemails that I edited together from my dad on his response to that clip um, that I sent to him. So thanks to Science Mike, thanks to Mike McCarg in advance for not uh, pressing charges against me, for stealing his material here, and also thanks to my pops And I think I've set this up plenty enough. So here we go.
2: Eschatology and related theological disciplines come from understanding God through the lens of the enlightenment. And in the enlightenment, what do we do? We take everything and we break it into tiny, as small as possible, components and beliefs and testable ideas. And we create a systematic understanding of stuff. When you create an enlightenment-based understanding of electrons, protons, neutrons, quarks, you get the standard model of physics. When you take an enlightenment-based approach to space and time, you get general and special relativity from our friend Einstein. That's what the enlightenment does. And it's great at it. I love it. I like having an iPhone. You can't make an iPhone with pre-enlightenment thinking. You know what I mean? You can't, like, collect some aluminum and just, like, pray over it. Or ask the spirits to assemble into a magical slate of glass with global communications infrastructure. It just won't work. The Enlightenment's your ticket to that party. And I'm a huge fan. That's why they call me Science Mike. But the Enlightenment, when applied to the meaning of life, gets you eschatology. What's the ultimate purpose? What can we most clearly, intellectually define and defend? And when we do this, educated Western folk... Neuroscience tells us you're basically assassinating God's presence in your brain. Because when the Enlightenment happened, we took one feature of our brains, the reductive capacity of the left hemisphere, and we put it in charge of not only our culture, but our inner landscape. We put our hopes and fears and trust in intellectual deconstruction and reconstruction. And human beings had never processed the world that way. That was one type of thinking that was balanced and usually overbalanced by the holistic view of reality that our right brain offers. And we don't trust it anymore. We don't trust intuition. We don't trust feelings. They're squishy. They're vague. They're ambiguous. They are all the best things in life. It is fascinating to know that when I look at the sunrise, it's not there yet. That the atmosphere itself is acting as a lens that's bending light around a planet that's still obstructing that closed star. And that the reason the star looks red is because blue light scatters more readily in the composition of our atmosphere. And so the red light is what's left. And that's why the sunrise has this beautiful red glow. It's gorgeous. And it's gorgeous because of my right brain. Just because of the emotional centers of my brain, in the same way that the only reason we give a shit about eschatology is at some point we've tasted something we can't actually explain, the presence of God. And the presence of God survives in the emotional centers of the brain, in the holistic regions of the brain. So we have to be careful to never let our theology become the master of our experience with the divine. Because neurologically speaking, and God, I hope... Truly speaking, universally speaking, God is greater than our ability to deconstruct. But was my eschatology really spiritually? Love is at the core of all things. So where is all this going? Love. That's an unscientific idea. So is the moral arc of the universe bends towards justice. But that unscientific idea, got is the American civil rights movement. So, at the same time I understand science so clearly, I never let go of this beautiful notion that no act of love and kindness or gentleness is ever wasted. That no matter how depressing nuclear war seems, or smartphones make us, that the way to conquer those things is to do for others what I believe Christ did for me, to be broken and poured out, to be present, to be humble, to be kind, to be gentle to be generous, to always be present when someone needs, to be clothed or visited, to be fed, to be loved. Eschatology is not some distant idea that I wait to observe. But if I'm invited into the work of Christ in this life, then I am an active participant in bringing the kingdom of heaven near. And the only way to do it is to love your neighbor. And therefore, my eschatology is to love God with everything that I have, to love my neighbor as myself, just as the Good Samaritan did to the man by the road. Hey Caleb, thanks for sharing the Science Mike program. It's interesting how you said, enlightenment reliance on the left brain to do a systematic approach to everything, which therefore assassinates God. And what occurred to me is, in fact, I'm assassinating myself. I cease to exist because all I am is a machine that's calculating. Recently, I had trouble at work because I was so focused on I have to perform. because so I was under a trial period I stopped being real with people. The only people I got along with were the entry-level folks. I wasn't concerned what they thought. We would just talk and be friendly. So I learned my lesson. And finally, it's really, I think, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that kills us by turning on that left
0: brain. Thanks, Pops. Thanks, Mike McCarg. As I mentioned, it is just about the holiday season. And, uh, of course, with Christmas, it's it's an interesting time of year. Lots of uh, warm and fuzzy feelings. Also lots of kind of absurd cultural things going on. Uh, Like I also said, I'm working at a preschool and, um, you know, interacting with the kids there, being around them all day long. You know, their uh, some of their behavioral issues kind of start to come out, and it's interesting being in that environment and having to find ways to motivate them. You know, to to behave and finding the the right ways to discipline them, especially in you know in the modern day and age, like we can't even put them in timeout or anything like that. We can't even we're not even supposed to use the word discipline there. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting finding ways to motivate them. Um, but some of the teachers, and I've, I've taken to doing this myself a few times, to be honest, uh, but, you know, some of the teachers gave me the idea to use Santa Claus as bait, I suppose. Isn't, Santa's a weird thing, right? Like, I'm, I'm not the first person to say that, I'm sure, but Santa is a weird thing. Like, it's pretty much, it's this, like, deified version of i guess saint nicholas i'm not catholic so i'm not even sure if that dude's a real saint but yeah he's um that's some weird stuff going on there man with old saint nick um yeah he's pretty he's like he's god right he's this performance-based god and he sees you when you're sleeping he knows when you're awake he knows if you've been bad or good so be good for goodness sake be good, act good, put on a show, better act good. And I've used that with the kids there when they're being bad boys and girls. I'm like, hey, don't you want to get that red remote control car that you were talking about? Don't make me text Santa. I've got his number. Don't make me email him. And they believe me. Their parents have planted this idea in their heads and I'm exploiting it and yeah they believe me. Even like there's an Indian kid at the school and he, you know his his family is not culturally Christian but they've decided to let him, you know, to to present the whole Santa Claus thing to him and he is all about it hook line and sinker and we had Santa Claus come to the school you know, the real Santa Claus come to this school. Spoiler alert. Santa ain't real, y'all. But, uh, yeah, we sold it as the real Santa Claus, and, of course, part of the narrative now is that Santa has helpers who look like him but are not really him. So we're kind of starting to bait it, starting to give him the half-truth there that Santa is not always the real Santa, but... There is a real Santa. There is a real God, guys. Okay. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I remember when I was a kid... Well, I'm not sure honestly how much of this is my memory and how much of it has been relayed to me after the fact and I've incorporated and accepted as part of my memory. But anyhow, not to get too tangled up here, but I remember... Well, I remember being told. Anyway, enough disclaimers. I was a kid, and uh, my parents first told me about Santa Claus. They they made the choice, because they were kind of torn on it. They are kind of on the fence. Maybe that's why they didn't sell it. But they were kind of on the fence about the whole Santa thing, and they decided to go ahead and tell me about Santa like he was real. And I'm not sure if my mom believed Maybe my mom wasn't ever told about Santa, but my dad was. I don't know. Kind of some kooky stuff going on there with the braziers to be honest, with my mom's side there. But anyhow, I was told about Santa, and honestly, you know, no fat shaming here or anything, but I was like, hey, so you're telling me that some fat, strange man I've never met is going to break into our house while I'm sleeping and be sneaking around, you know, while we're unprotected, while we're... ...at our most vulnerable while we're sleeping in our beds. He's going to break in here and set a bunch of presents under the tree in our living room by our hearth. That's a word, right? Hearth. By our fireplace. You're telling me this is going to go down. And we were living in... I was an army brat. We were living in Germany at the time. You know, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of close friends. I didn't have a lot of security. My dad, you know, uh, spent quite a bit of time in the field... As we mentioned on, on the episode where I interviewed my dad uh, for the first time. And yeah, I I, uh, I got scared and started crying. Uh, of course, I didn't vocalize all those thoughts that were in my head about why I was scared. But I started crying. And immediately my parents flipped on a dime and said, Oh, no, 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 no. We were just, I don't know if they said we we're, were just kidding or or how they exactly worded it. But they were like, no, um, there isn't no a Santa Claus. Sorry, swinging a miss there. This guy is is made up. Don't tell your friends. And so I went with school with my Gnostic knowledge, with my secret special knowledge that Santa wasn't real, but I couldn't tell my friends. Don't spoil it for them. Let them believe in this little chubby, merry. God, guy. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. This weird... Man, it's a weird thing, isn't it? Man, it's, it's just so weird. Anyhow, yeah. Um, plugging things. Uh, I, I also would like to do an interview with my close friend, Zenon, here in the near future. And I, I, I still do need to get my buddy, Ben, in here for an interview. Uh, probably via Skype. He's he's living in uh, California now working with the church there. Uh, He was the worship leader for the youth group at my family's church in Kansas City at Hillcrest Covenant. Covenant Church is pretty good, pretty progressive. Speaking of being progressive and uh, also speaking of self-deprecation in in ways that I fall short, I've noticed that I've not had a single female for an interview on this show. I've only had dudes on. What's up with that? Not very progressive, Mr. Progressive. Not a good look there, guy. I guess I'll go ahead and also plug some things I'm excited about right now, some some media, some content that I've been digging my fingers into that I've been uh, really enjoying here recently. One, um, well, I've been getting into Danish TV shows. I've, for a few years now, had a soft spot in my heart really enjoying Danish TV shows. There's one show that is um, a collaboration Uh, between Swedish and Danish uh, TV stations called uh, Bruin, The Bridge. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly in the native tongue there. Unskull. I'm sorry. Learned that one watching TV with subtitles. Uh, But, jaunskull. That's a little dansk Danish for ya. Man, I'm sure I'm butchering that really badly. But, um, yeah, uh, The Bridge is a great one. They did do an American-Mexican uh, collaboration kind of remake of that. It was, it, I mean, production-wise and stuff like that, it was it was totally American. And I think they butchered it. Not too good. Was not impressed by that one. I lost a lot of the plot points and stuff, and honestly, I didn't really know what was going on in that show in, with, like, all the characters and stuff until I saw the uh, Swedish-Danish version, which was, it's just it's so good. Definitely worth watching. I know it's on Hulu, so... I know Hulu needs more press. They need more to be uh, publicly embraced in the culture. So I'm going to give them a plug as well. Check out Hulu. It's great. Uh, and and then on Netflix, what can I say? I've been uh, getting into the show Rita. Uh, I actually got into it a little while back, and I've been rewatching it. Um, Rita or Rita. I'm sure I'm butchering that as well. But, um, it's just, oh man, it's such a good show. It is so good. If you're cool with watching TV with subtitles, I mean, you should check that show out. It is so flippin' good. Uh, also the show Clown, or Clun, is another Danish show. Think Curb Your Enthusiasm with Danish people. Um, that's essentially what it is. They, honestly, even the theme music is pretty much a straight homage to Curb Your Enthusiasm. The music that they use in that show. But it is so good. And I think I think I saw a trailer for um an American clown movie where they're uh they're actually like in America. I, I they did make a Danish movie that was really, really good about um a road trip that the two main characters take. And then I and I think they do another movie um where they take a road trip to America. They it it looked like it was maybe um a collaboration with American production companies. But yeah, it looked really good. I haven't seen that one yet. But um, no, I am rambling. Oh yeah, also on Netflix, the show Easy, which is a Netflix original. They had an, uh, an episode in the season two, which just recently came out, where there's this girl, I don't want to spoil anything in the episode, but there's a girl who is raised in a Catholic family and she has a kind of um, a really just, really deep perspective and take on her um, coming to terms with her family's faith, but like, yeah, in this new light, in this new angle that, uh, you know, I can really relate to. And I know in my personal life, that process really started happening for me uh, thanks to Mike McCarg, thanks to Science Mike. I was kind of in her shoes, just kind of rolling my eyes at it until I kind of got an in that really brought it all home for me. And honestly, I'm not ashamed to say that a lot of my interest and a lot of my, the kind of warm and fuzzies that I get from it, I'm sure is a lot of it cultural. And just the fact that I was brought up with it. And that doesn't get in the way of me appreciating it and, you know, embracing it, you know, stepping back into it. The whole anatheistic kind of take that Rupert Sheldrake has on Christianity that that I really really relate to. Uh, For Christmas gifts, I got some books for my family, which were kind of like a last-minute, like, oh, shoot, I haven't gotten presents for my family yet. I got to go on Amazon. And um, I knew that I wanted to get uh, Jay Bakers. Of course, I got to plug Jay every episode. He's my friend, my only friend in Minnesota, pretty much. But um, his book, Fall to Grace, I I really knew that I wanted to get that for my brother, Nate, who in his time living back in Kentucky, I know has had a recent kind of spiritual experience, kind of, yeah, coming back to embracing Christianity. I'm not sure exactly from what angle or where he's at personally, and I hope to, like I said, dig into that more. But, um, so I thought that that might be a good, a good kind of like a lighthouse for him, a good, um, kind of, yeah, an encouraging book. And, uh, of course, Rob Bell's What is the Bible?, I got that one. I think I might give that one to my uh, brother, Sam. And then I got um, Misfit Faith, Confessions of a Drunk Ex-Pastor by Jason Stellman. Of course, I love the Drunk Ex-Pastors podcast with uh, Jason Stellman and Christian Kingery. That is such a good podcast. Of course, I also love uh, Ask Science Mike with Mike McCarg. Of course, that links to the Liturgist podcast, of which Science Mike is a spinoff. And... You know, I, I still appreciate the Bad Christian podcast, although, honestly, my favorite member of that crew is uh, Joey Svensson, and I honestly like his podcast, his spinoff, a little bit better, well, quite a bit better, honestly, than the Bad Christian podcast. But I still have respect for those guys. I like what they're trying to do. Um, but his podcast, Pastors With No Answers, is just an amazing podcast. It's so good. On the lighter side of things, I also love Comedy Bang Bang with Scott Ackerman, the show where they talk to interesting people. And the Doughboys podcast with uh, Mike Mitchell and Nick Weiger is another one of my favorites. I guess that is about all my plugs and about all the steam that I have right now, just to be totally honest with you. I am... Man, I had a rough morning. I missed work for the first time since I've been here in Minnesota. I missed my, uh, my teaching job this morning. I was in a bad way. I was in bad shape. But yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a lot better now. I'm really hoping, praying. That it was just like a bug, just a 24-hour bug or something like that. Not like the flu, which has been going around at the school. Yeah, interacting with kids and their germs and their snot every day. You know, I I freaking love, 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 love working with kids. It scratches an itch, you know. Not saying that it is at all altruistic or, you know, selfless or anything like that. But, I mean, yeah, it just makes me feel good to work with kids. But, you know, something that comes with the turf there is interacting with their germs and i think that's uh, uh, plays a big part along with the minnesota weather and my body not being acclimated to being in in this cold all the time i'm a southern boy what can i say but yeah those the combination of those things i think has been rendering me sick uh, quite a bit more than i'm used to anyhow that does it for today's episode i'll spare you all the other plugs you know for my facebook and patreon and all that stuff Which I guess I kind of got in a plug for just by mentioning that. Anyhow, thanks for bearing with me, guys. And thanks for your patience with me and stuff here as I've been under the weather. Yeah, I hope to rack up some interviews with my family and make it up to you. Love you guys. Talk to you later.
1: law of scientific minds, a metaphor of prophecy, a debt paid full outside of time, an archetype lived visually, an archetype lived visually. blind is not allowed then I embrace this heresy for pages me